Welcome to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast, where we explore the conscious use of technology. Listen in to hear thought leaders and other guests discuss the human relationship with technology and learning to thrive in the digital era. Hosted by the author of the international best-selling digital self-mastery series and being at work, Dr. Heidi Forbes Usta. Welcome back to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast. I'm so excited to share with you today my friend, Melanie Benson. She is a profit amplifier and revenue strategist. Welcome, Melanie. Thanks for having me. Happy to come join you on your podcast. It is such a treat to have you here, and I've heard such great things about your work. So profit amplifier, revenue strategist, I know you do a lot of mindset work. Can you describe a little bit about your work so that our digital selfers understand? Yeah, sure. Well, I found very early on in working with entrepreneurs that everybody needs more money, right? We're always looking for ways to make more money, make that money come faster, come easier, But there was one common thread every time I would work with a client, and I've been doing this for 18 years, so had a little bit of a track record here. We would get to a certain point and either fear would kick in or they would get paralyzed or they would talk themselves out of the idea. And I realized that at the foundation of an entrepreneur or service professional, really anyone, to be able to increase the flow of abundance, financial abundance in particular, You have to have a mindset that is congruent with that level of success. And so I started to incorporate a lot of the mindset work into my coaching and my mentoring programs. And, you know, I have several online courses that I teach because if you don't have the right mindset, it doesn't matter how much money, how much time you invest in all the right strategies, they won't work because you won't be willing to do what it really takes to achieve that next level. So that's what happens. My specialty, what I really many years ago came to find this little sweet spot, and I guess you might even call it, it's kind of my superpower, is I find wealth opportunities. I find success opportunities that are lying dormant because we're they're in our blind spot and we've been looking at it so much, we kind of forgot it was there. And I teach people how to really amplify the thing that is the easiest opportunity for them to generate more money in their business. I love that. And it's so crucial. I know so many entrepreneurs that really struggle with the blind spots and the the mindset without having someone else's perspective to draw that out. It can be really hard to thrive as an entrepreneur. So thank you for doing yeah. that. Yeah, you're welcome. And you know, you've probably experienced this in your own work with people. Oftentimes, we don't even realize our mindset's not in the best place because we've been with that mindset for so long, it's become our norm. You know, we've developed the habit of being a certain way in our thoughts and our beliefs. So it does kind of take someone shining the light on that dark spot and saying, hey, um, you know, over here where you don't go very often, there's some opportunities. Absolutely. Well, I would say, and I usually say 90% of my work is helping people build better self-awareness around their engagement with technology and their relationship with it. And that's mindset work. It's really just being aware of what you're doing and the, the system that you're in and how you're engaging with that system. And that's, you know, identifying those blind spots. And some of them we create, but some of them we perpetuate. It's powerful work when you can help someone through those pieces. Yeah. And you just mentioned one of my favorite areas of business and success, and that's technology. I'm a huge fan of 
figuring out how we can use technology to automate a lot of the things that we either don't do well or we don't have time to do or that really increase our productivity. And interestingly enough, Heidi, I find that a lot of people fight it or they resist that automation. And again, it just goes back to the mindset and and do we have the right set of thoughts to allow ourselves to have a greater impact to become more efficient and ultimately use our time better so we can increase the cash flow. So key, so key. And I think the technology piece, I'm curious when you're dealing with, you're predominantly working with entrepreneurs, but when you're dealing with business people who are trying to amplify their reach and their profitability, what kinds of resistance and what are the things that you're seeing they're the most resistant towards? And what are some of the tricks that you use to help them overcome that? Mm, I love this question. Nobody's actually ever asked me this question. (laughs) Well, you know, a, a predominant number of people that come into my programs are what I like to call the creatives. They're the people who are really passionate about making a difference. They tend to be the people with vision. They have the people with ideas that they have a million ideas, but they're, they're very much in the softer side of it. And they got into this work because they wanted to get this thing they do out in a bigger way. And of course, monetize it, but they don't actually like the operations. They really resist the things that would help them amplify their results. So what I find is that technology is oftentimes their greatest fear. They feel very inept in that way. Probably one of the most common things I hear from my client base is I'm a tech tard, right? Or I'm a, I'm, I'm not good with technology. And it's like, I'm, you know, technology is not my friend. And so they, they created this belief system that they can't be good with technology. It's not the thing they're good at. And so they either delegate it, which is my favorite thing to do when you're not good at something or they resist it. So I think the thing that I focus on the most is either how do we create a reality or we might call it a paradigm? How do we create a paradigm where you are capable of using technology and how do we shift that person from a resistant place into an embracing place? And that's one of the ways that I use mindset to shift the energy because everything's energy, right? Like energy is the foundation of this world. Everything that's created is created with some kind of energetic vibration. And so when you have resistance, you're actually slowing vibrations down. You're slowing energy down. And what that often translates to is you are stopping the flow of something that you desire, mostly money. (laughs) And so when my client needs to have a breakthrough around technology, I'm looking at one of three things. Can we get them to embrace it? Meaning they're willing to build up the muscle and strengthen their skill set in that area. And if they're not, then we have to go to level two, which is, can I get them to embrace the use of it, but maybe delegate it? Okay. So that's option number two. And that's probably what most of my clients do, or maybe a hybrid of one and two. And then three, and this is something that people oftentimes don't really look at early enough in that is maybe you're going the wrong direction. I've actually had people turn to me and ask me, can you help me build an online business? And about halfway through, they start to admit to themselves, this is not my thing. Like, I don't love technology like this. I don't want to have to have all these (laughs) systems and tools and online presences. And it just, they get to the point where they realize that's not them. 
And so we have to move them back into what I call a flow state, which is recalibrating the business so it uses the best of them. And so I find that one of those three options usually gets the person there and I've got to figure out which one it is with them. I love that sort of getting into a flow state with, you know, the way that they work and what they're working with. I, I talk a lot about being at peace with your technology. And, and a lot of that is really identifying what helps you get into that flow state and what causes friction so that they can sort of remove that friction either by delegation or learning better behaviors and better habits around it so that they can take care of it themselves. And I do think that for people that are just starting out or they're trying to augment the work that they're doing, like with your amplifying process, if they're not comfortable with the technology or with delegating the technology, that's limiting their ability to really do the amazing things that they do and have the purpose that they have. So that's powerful work you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It's fun. It's it's just naturally where I've gravitated towards. I, I somewhere along the line, I figured out how to integrate the you know this logical, practical world with proven strategies that's required to be successful with a very what we might call present, conscious, in the moment version of myself. And and I think that's why what I do works, and it gets such great results for my clients is. We live in this world where both of these things are present. And yet many of us go into the logic world and we kind of shut down that consciousness and that intentionality. And hey, if we really want to be the most authentically aligned, successful version of ourselves, we've got to integrate those pieces again. Absolutely. Well, it comes down to individuals and individuals are serving individuals and individuals are supported by individuals. So if you can't take care of that piece, you're missing out on part of the equation. So I think it's really exciting to see how much consciousness is being integrated into business these days. So how did you get into this space? Where, where mm. were you? What was your history sort of coming into here? Oh, okay. So this will not surprise you. <laughs> I came out of the technology world. I was a, working for a Fortune 500 company. I worked in the division that uh, was primarily dealing with two-way communications for government entities. So I was immersed in massive, rapidly evolving technology. And I just felt like I was a round peg trying to fit into every shape. And none of those shapes really fit right. And I never really felt lit up and fired up. I just felt like I was just kind of getting by and plodding along. And somewhere in like my last couple of years of being with this company, the team of leaders that I reported into started to change the way they were managing me. And it was really inspiring, Heidi. I, I remember thinking, wow, like what are they doing? Like all of a sudden these conversations are very different and I'm inspired. I'm lit up. I want to be a better version of me. And this had not happened up until that point. And I realized they were starting to use coaching skills. And so I asked if, if I could get training on it and learn how to use those same skills. So I found a coach training program, went through the coach training program, and all of a sudden I realized I want to be a coach. This is my, this is my jam, right? <laughs> like this, this is where I'm supposed to be. And uh, I realized that I wasn't going to be doing it for the company. I created a one-year plan to extract myself from the company, build up my client base, and uh, it took off. Uh, my first couple of years were really rough. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I just knew I could coach people. 
And it was actually having my own breakthrough in my mindset. I, I was really hovering to make more than $1,000 a month. Uh, I live in LA, as you could probably imagine, that's not very much to get on, you know, to live on here. And I knew I had to figure out the financial piece if I was going to have a full-time business. And I turned to somebody I met who did mindset work. And all of a sudden, I went from struggling to make $1,000 a month to breaking six figures in under nine months. And it wasn't that I was doing all that much different. It was that I was willing to do things that I had been resistant to. It was that I was using my skills in a whole new way. And I was on fire instead of you know spinning around on busy work that wasn't producing results. I It's like my brain was in this optimum performance mode. And I, and that's really what kind of set me in the trajectory of teaching people how to make money and how to, how to restructure, or we might say recode their mindset so that they're in this place of automatic success. Like things, there's like a floodgate that's opened and, and you're just channeling the, the flood the right direction instead of struggling to get things to happen the way you want them to. I love that. Your story is so many other people's story too, particularly in the coaching space or anyone that's doing some kind of knowledge-based entrepreneurship where when you first start out, if you have all of those limiting mindsets, it can really just keep you from ever really fully launching. And did you work with a coach during that time to really help you sort of remove those? You said you worked with someone mindset-wise, but was that a coach or was that a, just a, like a mindset program? Yeah, or? good question. So I've actually done a lot of different things over the years, but I find that having a coach and having a mastermind are the two single most important things that I invested in. And so from the get-go, I had a coach. I had three different coaches in the first three years working on different parts of my game because I know it you know, just like a sports athlete has different mentors and guides for different parts of their game. I needed different parts. I needed a mindset. I need someone to teach me the marketing. I needed to basically have some foundational coaching skills that, to continue to build on. And then I actually took a training program. It's a group program from my mentor. His name is Chris Howard, and he doesn't teach these programs here anymore, but it's like I took all these different little learning pockets. You know, I had a master's degree. I had my advanced coach training. I was project manager certified. Like I had all this random education and it synthesized everything and taught me how to turn my mind into a high performance machine and in a good machine, not just by rote, but really like I could perform at an optimum level. And that I think was really, it was like the culmination of all the different parts. We can't be the, everything that felt like it was pulling me in different directions started to synthesize so that it was performing in one direction in a more powerful way. I've been in a mastermind for 27 years, not the same one, but different ones. And I find that that combined with having a coach and then getting the specific training you need when you know you need training, that's the trifecta. I love it. And I love the way that you explain that in the synthesis piece, because particularly for those of us who've had extensive careers and, you know, maybe we're around midlife and doing that midlife shift transition, trying to figure out sort of what do I want to do for the next 10 years? And it's about not just dropping off everything that you've done in the past, but synthesizing them to create something even more powerful with purpose behind it. And it sounds like you've done that quite intentionally and 
impressively. So it's very cool. We're going to take a really quick break and hear a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Oscar Wellness. When pain stops, life begins. Oscar Pulse mimics the body's own recovery processes to relieve pain, muscle stiffness, and inflammation using optimized pulsed electromagnetic field technology, PEMF, to encourage recovery at a cellular level so you can get back to life. And I got to tell you, this thing works so well, my husband and I are fighting over it. So I highly recommend you take a moment and try it out. They have all kinds of options for checking it out, and they've even given us an opportunity to share a discount with you, $55, by using the 2BU code on the Oscar Wellness site. You can check out the show notes to get more details. And we're back, and we were talking about synthesis and pulling all these different pieces together. Is this something you do with your clients, Melanie? Yeah, I guess you could say I do that. I, one of the things that I, I love is recognizing that my clients come into uh, my coaching program. It's called Awaken Leadership Lab. We find that they oftentimes are feeling disjointed. It's like, okay, I have this offering and I have this passion and I do this thing over here. And then I'm writing this book that feels like it has nothing to do with anything because, they're, you know, again, my clients have lots of ideas. They're creatives. They're oftentimes going to feel like they're going in a lot of directions and figuring out how to really pull it all together and make everything support each other is a, it's, it's what I call going from effort out to effort aligned. So when the effort is aligned and it's all, it's all supporting the different components, then you have more power. I don't know if you've seen this, Heidi, in the technology side, but I, I actually see that people lose a lot of their profit and their productivity because they're, they're going out. You know, they've got all these tentacles, like a, like a web that's being created out from themselves. And that causes them to lose power. And oftentimes it causes them to lose profit because they're investing in things that are taking them away from the goal, even though they're interesting, right? Like there's excitement there and there's inspiration. There's not this trajectory and momentum because it's all going the same direction. And the idea is how do we get all the parts to align so that there's power and momentum because we're moving, we're moving things to support each other and they're linking together in a, in a supportive way. So that's kind of part of the magic is figuring out, I call it the, the hidden gold. Like what's the hidden gold in your offerings or in your ideas if you haven't got to the offering stage yet? And how do we align everything so one thing supports the next thing to support the next thing? And uh, I was actually working with a client who came back. Uh, she had been dealing with some personal stuff and decided it was time to come back into the fold. And so after about 18 months, two years, she came back into my mastermind program and one of the first things we had to do is she had this idea over here. Then there was this idea over there. And then I want to do this, but it has nothing to do with the other things. And all we did was just simply get it all on the table. And then I could show her how to fit them all together. Next thing I knew, Heidi, she wasn't making any money with her business. She had a $20,000 a month contract signed within seven days because she was focused. She knew what to do. And I think that's what's missing a lot of times in our, in our power, right? It was like, we're not focused and we're going in too many different directions. Oh, and it's so easy to lose focus these days because there's so many, you know, so many distractions. I mean, when they talk about the attention economy and, and really how do we 
identify those things that are really going to make a difference. So I think that was a great example of that and really how focus can have the biggest impact. It's not necessarily about building more programs or building more systems, but rather knowing exactly where your value is and then offering it. And I think in the, I love that you called, what did you call it? The something economy, the idea. Oh, the attention economy. Yeah. 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 So here's, here's my take. I have a unique view into our world right now, having, you know, come out of the corporate world 20 years ago, having had my business for almost 20 years, 18 to be exact. Mm -hmm. I've seen some trends. And one of the trends that's happening right now is people is they have confused profit generating activity with just activity and more activity isn't necessarily going to make us more successful. It's just going to make us busy. You know, mm-hmm. it's just motion for the sake of motion and bringing things back into focus and saying, look, this really is the trajectory I want to be on. doesn't mean you won't make some mistakes. Won't you won't have some learning along the way and realize, okay, that's not really my thing. I don't want to do that. We're, we're always going to be shedding and, you know, adding new things as we, as we grow and evolve, but really kind of staying focused on the path allows you to get there faster. So true. One of my favorite expressions comes from, I can't take credit for this one, is uh, Simone Janssen, who's a good friend of mine, but also an executive coach, is high value actions. And it's something I try to think of each day when I start my day. It's like, what is a high value action? And if I find myself getting busy, you know, if I sort of think about it for a moment and go, is this a high value action I'm focusing on here? Like, do I need to be doing this? It ends up in all these little rabbit holes that uh, take up a lot of time, but aren't very productive and aren't very focused on actually creating business. They're just busy. So yeah, I like, so what's an example of your high value action? Well, so for me, one of my mindset things that I've had to work on in the last year is sales. And so for me, one of my high value actions is actually the follow-up where I include in a follow-up correspondence, not just, hey, great to connect, let's stay in touch, but by the way, I'm doing some of this. If, If you or anybody you know is interested in it, contact me and sort of actually leading it more to a sales conversation because it's one thing to expand and nurture your network, but if they don't know that you're actually offering anything, it's just lots of nice people that are connected to you. So here's what's so awesome about that example is you mentioned maybe an area that there had been some resistance in the past or maybe a blind spot or or not enough focus. And then getting intentional has become a high value action. I call them high payoff actions uh, or high payoff activity. And for me, I, I am crystal clear what has, in your words, high value speaking giving talks and and doing interviews like this, which I'm always so grateful when I have an opportunity to do that. And like you said, having this enrollment conversations. So if I'm not in one of those activities, it's my job to figure out what's going to get me in that activity. And that becomes my next high value activity. So I'm constantly looping through what's the highest value activity. And here's the thing. It's funny. I just got off a call with uh, an emergency session with a client because he's like, oh my God, I need need to get defunct here. But sometimes we get confused and think we always have to be in high value activity. And he was having one of those days where it's like, okay, I feel like I, I, you know, I have this uh, hole in my revenue and I should be doing high value activity. And I said, well, what if your highest value activity is to rest today and this week? 
because you need to recharge for a really, really, really busy next month. He's like, oh, yeah. So yeah, true. Yeah, that's right. I need to, re- I need some recharge time. So it's a really tuning into and having clarity. What do you need the most now? And where is that going to take you in the next 30, 60, 90 days? Absolutely. So that was a perfect segue for my next question, because to me, rest and self-care are very high value actions for me that I also, when I'm starting to be non-productive, I have to notice whether I've actually been doing that self-care piece and rest piece, because that tends to be a trigger for me not to actually get those high value things done. What are your self-care things that you do? And do you use technology in any way to support that? Hmm. Yes, I do. Actually, I hadn't thought about that. But, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of daily routines that create inspiration and get my mind and my body in the right space. So I start my day with a walk and or exercise of some kind because I need to oxygenate my blood cells to get my brain in the right place. And then I do usually some kind of meditation, visualization, and that's oftentimes where I'll use technology. Uh, I load everything onto my phone and I will turn it on airplay and then listen to an audio to you know get my mind spirited up and recharge. If, ha- if I've had a stressful day, I'll do it in the night, but I don't have those kind of stressful days very often anymore, except for when we're in the middle of buying a house, <laughs> which we're doing right now. I also find that I like to read and I do like traditional books, but I'm more and more, I have a bookshelf that is so full. I cannot get another book on it. And it's actually triple stacked in places. I'm just looking at it right here going, I, if I bought a book, I wouldn't even know where to put it. And so I've gone to using uh, technology, my iPad to buy a lot of books these days. And that I find is really helpful to just have some space to um, rest, but to take my mind somewhere that is inspiring and elevating and, and exciting, you know, getting me plugged into what I want to be more of in that moment. So reading is a big part of my, my recharge, but I'm also, I'm a spa girl. I'm a go walk on the beach girl. Last week, um, in the middle of the week, I took my dog and I went down to the dog beach and I walked on the beach for an hour and a half with the dog and played ball. It's like that. I was so rejuvenated by the time I came back. So it's a lot of it is just knowing, do I need to get away? Do I need to just take a few minutes? Do I need to create energy by doing exercise and oxygenating my blood cells? Or do I just need to take a step away from everything and do something else? Watch a movie or, you know, watch a quick round of James Corden and laugh for a little bit. So I use a lot of different technology for that. I love that. I think the whole thing with books and with and just taking downtime to let yourself recheck. And I think the, the, the thing you mentioned with the dog, that is something that's actually quite amazing to me. I find that people that have pets, they have a different sense of calm, whether it's a dog or a cat. For some people, it's that routine of taking the dog out. They They wouldn't necessarily go out for a walk every day unless they had to take the dog out type thing. So it's interesting how that becomes sort of integrated into the routine of productivity. Yeah, I'll let you know a little secret, Heidi. I actually got my dog eight years ago to force myself to go on walks every day. (laughs) That was my, I mean, two intentions. I'd been traveling a lot. I was really burned out. It was at the beginning of my huge burnout phase that I went through. And I got the dog to 
keep myself grounded because I knew I couldn't be running around all the time if I had a dog. And I would really have to go on walks because I lived in a condo at the time. So that was my little secret mission from getting the dog. You know, you ring up the recharge. I am very big on creating intentional businesses, creating a lifestyle, and then figuring out what do I want my business to look like to support that lifestyle instead of creating a business and getting really, really busy and then realizing I can't take a vacation. I'm stuck here seven days a week. I knew I had to do it differently if I was going to A, stay in optimal health and B, like I wanted to enjoy my life. I didn't want to create another job for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big trap we get ourselves in. It's like, okay, how are we going to make money in my business? Next thing you know, you're working very long hours, multiple days a week. And I think if you start with the end in mind and create your business to support what you want your life to be like, you'd be surprised at how easy it is to make that business perform better. Uh, so on your secret of getting the dog to walk, I actually got a, my dog because I was having serious problems with depression, of seasonal affective disorder. We were living in Sweden at the time. And part of the reason that I got her, we trained her to actually be responsive when I wasn't moving. You know, there were days where I would never leave the couch. And she would respond to that. We had wearables that were attuned to each other. And if mine vibrated because I'd been still for too long, she would get agitated and make me go out and walk around. And so technology and dogs can be too, can be connected. It's about really being intentional with whatever it is that works for you for, you know, getting you out of a funk or, you know, getting back into what's going to make you productive and motivated and whatever it is that works. And that's kind of the magic piece. So I love it. And I noticed that in your profile, you said you spend your free time in search of the best spas and beaches in the world. And I wasn't going to let you slide on that because where should we go? (laughs) Oh, there's so many. I just have been so fortunate to experience some exquisite places in the world. I think, you know, one of my absolute favorites is uh, on the island of Capri in Italy. Mm. Uh, it's such an extraordinary little island. And I don't know about the beaches, but the island's amazing. <laughs> beaches, maybe not so much, but the island is just gorgeous. And, and Fiji, you know, is one of my all-time favorite places. This Australia, the Gold Coast. My uh, chiropractor calls it a hot sand treatment. I think when we want to keep ourselves balanced, there is nothing that will get you grounded faster than a nice walk in the hot sand. Mm. And if you can't get the sand on your feet, get the clay or the sand on your body at the spa, right? Like I just, I had to teach myself self-care. Like I didn't learn that growing up. It certainly wasn't something that was taught working in a corporate environment where where you were rewarded for working more hours when we were already working 10-hour days. And so creating my own business, I I literally had to teach myself how to put self-care up there in the value system and make it a ritual. And so I had to turn it into a game. Like what's the cool new spa I can go check out that I haven't been to yet? Or where's a beach I've always wanted to go to? And I would put it on my list and, you know, create it. And so last year, my husband and I went to Italy and went to several places in Italy, but we absolutely loved Capri. And uh, that's, I think, one of the fun games we can play. It's like, what do I want to do now to take better care of myself? And if I put that on a bucket list or on a on a stretching into more self-care or stretching into travel or whatever that thing is that you maybe resist a little bit, 
it becomes a game. Yeah. So what's your favorite travel resource or website when you're searching for the ultimate destination? Mm. I have a little bit of a funny process I go through, but using technology again, I uh, will get on my iPad and research Expedia and I think it's Travelocity. I think it's Travelocity that we use. And what I do is I basically start reading what people have written about an area and then build out a, a plan from there. We usually will get a travel agent involved if we're going overseas in an area we've never been before because we it's like, you know, it's so much easier. It's, they know what they're doing. I'd rather pay them to give us a great experience and instead of figuring it out on my own. But I know people that just love the challenge of figuring out their whole itinerary. But I, I use that. And I also, I will have to say, I have a little plug for Yelp. Yelp is my all-time favorite travel app because whether I am in my city or I'm in a different city, I usually get put in charge of figuring out where we're all going to dinner or you know where we're going to go have breakfast. And if I'm traveling with friends or we're all at an event, I, it kind of falls on me. And I'll get out my little Yelp app and I'll find really awesome restaurants in the area we want to be. Usually you can make a reservation right on Yelp and boom, it's done. So it's my little go-to travel tool that I absolutely love. Awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, there's so many great resources out there now, but really the whole crowdsourcing of recommendations has changed the way that we travel. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's pretty cool. So before we wrap up, I want to make sure that you had mentioned something about a program you've got coming up. And I want to make sure our listeners know how to find you, how to potentially work with you. Can you share a little bit about what's coming up? Yeah. So uh, you mentioned earlier that I do a lot of work around the mindset and I teach a program called Money DNA 2.0. It's a very powerful experience. It's an eight week experience of recoding your mind, your habits and your strategies so that you become a money magnet. And it can also be used for anything you want to create. It doesn't always have to be money. You may be opportunities. You want to get more speaking. You want to you know, attract more success in your life. You want a better relationships. Like you can really use a lot of these tools for any outcome, but we specialize in the money and the success. And uh, we have a book called Rewired for Wealth. And so that would be a great place to start. The book is absolutely free. And getting the book gives you a really quick overview of what it takes to recode your mindset. I share with you my story of being broke and kind of struggling to get $1,000 in the door and how I transformed my experience with money and success. And I'll walk you through that process. And I also talk about the different blueprints. I, there are seven different blueprints. And we didn't talk about this, Heidi, but I find that there are different little ways our brain gets coded as a young child to be with money and success. And so I talk about those seven different ones and you can start to figure out which one you think you are. So Rewired for Wealth, I know you'll give everybody a link in the show notes of how to get that. Get the book. It's totally free. It leads you through some other resources. And, you know, you can do, do whatever level of in-depth rewiring you want to do. But that's a good place to start. That sounds so great. It sounds like something most of us could use. We'll make sure that the uh, links will be in the show notes so folks can find you and potentially work with you. And uh, before we sign off, I would love it if you would... Tell us your sort of two favorite tips for shifting your mindset. Hmm. Two favorite tips. Well, I think the 
first one is awareness, right? Getting clear when you're not getting the results you want in an area of your life, taking, being willing to kind of take a step back, take responsibility and say, so what am I telling myself about this? That if I changed my story or I changed the dynamic of my paradigm here, I actually might start getting better results. And if you're thinking there's nothing, like I'm already doing everything right, then I guarantee you this is the step you need to take because none of us are ever doing it exactly right. And so just becoming aware and and then deciding that you will do something new, like the power of a decision is phenomenal. And you will notice that you don't get better results until you're all in, you've fully made the decision. I used to have a mentor that would say, if you're not getting the results you want, you haven't decided. I'm like, I have decided. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, I get it now. (laughs) If you're not getting the results, you're not all in. You're not fully committed. You're just interested. And then the other thing is once you've made that decision and you've become conscious that, okay, there is an area that I, I could shift it. I want you to get really clear what you do tell yourself. So let's say, let's say it is a money thing right now. You're really struggling with money. You're not making enough money or you're stressed about money or you don't ever seem to have the level of financial success that you've dreamed about. Then I want you to just get clear. What do you tell yourself about it? Is it there's never enough? I need more. So-and-so is doing so much better than I am and you're comparing yourself. What is the messaging? And then write that down. And then next to it, I want you to write down, imagine you put two columns on a piece of paper on the left, write the current message on the right. I want you to experiment. I want you to write out messages that actually seem aligned with the outcome you do want. And if you can't figure it out, that's okay. Like none of us are taught this at birth, right? We're not given this in kindergarten. We're not taught this in high school. We have to learn this muscle it's not your fault that, you know, you haven't figured this out yet. You just need new tools. That's where Rewired for Wealth can come in. The Money DNA program comes in. But I just want you to try something. So if you're stuck in, this isn't working, I've tried everything, then maybe the message is, I'm willing to discover what I haven't yet discovered to have the experience I want. Or if you're comparing yourself to other people and that's causing you stress, you might say, exactly where I am is exactly where I need to be. And I'm willing to take a new step towards where I want to be, right? Like we just need to create new messaging that's more supportive of the outcomes we want. Now I'm taking just a really general approach right now. If people give me specifics, Heidi, I can really drill them in. But I just wanted to create the the idea that if we can shift the thoughts and the messages we give ourselves, we can actually start shifting the energy that we operate from And then we will be willing to do things we haven't been willing to do before because we're going to be more inspired. And I think that's what's missing is people are so hard on themselves. They're they're beating themselves up all the time, ruminating over a mistake 7 billion times, right? Like you relive it. And that's not an expansive place to grow and evolve and to try and accomplish big, bold things from. So we got to be really paying attention to the messages we're telling ourselves. I love it. Those are great words of advice. And I think that all of us could, no matter what state you're in, in terms of your relationship with your money, your growth, your personal development, just taking some of those steps can make a really big difference. So thank you for sharing your insight, your wisdom, your time. It has been a pleasure to have you on the Evolving Digital Self today, Melanie. Thank you. 
Thanks for having me. So that's the end of our show today, folks. It's been such a pleasure having you all here joining us today for The Evolving Digital Self. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review so that more people find us and you can come back and don't miss an episode. We look forward to next time. Thanks and goodbye for now. Thank you for joining us for The Evolving Digital Self. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app now so that you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, please give us a rating and a review and join the digital self-mastery movement to create more conscious use of technology by sharing it and telling your friends. Want to see where you fit on the digital self-spectrum and how it might be impacting your business and relationships? Get your free copy of Digital Self-Mastery today by clicking on the link in the show notes.